following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Wednesday football fans, welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Beasts and Where to Find Them, the football podcast. I am your co-host, Kyle Ranny, joined as always, uh, Mr. Gary Holt. He's lovable. You love him. I love him. Gary, how are you? <laughs> I'm loved. I'm very great. Very good. So today we get to kind of jump in on some fun stuff, uh, really start what was part of mine and Gary's favorite part of the year, uh, draft coverage where we no longer want to go in kind of with a little bit of thesis, we sat down and probably spent about 10 hours this last week reviewing some some film. Uh, but before we get to there, we do have some news on the, on the week. Uh, starting off on a more somber note, uh, coming through today as of recording this, Vincent Jackson, former Buccaneers and Chargers wide receiver, has passed away, age of 38. Um, bit, of a, bit of a down... Downswing, never, never cool to see people you grew up watching and idolizing. Someone that's not much older than us at this point. Um, R.I.P. Vincent Jackson and thoughts and prayers to his family. Yep, uh, condolences, and it's a very sad thing to see and hear about. Um, moving on from that, a lot of trade talk and a lot of discussion regarding um, franchise tags and free agency coming up. Uh, looks like the Broncos. For a second straight year, have interest in franchise tagging safety Justin Simmons. That's got to be frustrating for uh, Justin Simmons, considering it's like you want a long term deal, or just kind of let me go, let me test for agency. Yeah, uh, for someone who's who's playing in the prime of his career and he's putting up good numbers, uh, to kind of be limited, especially when safety is such tough tough um, market. Look a couple of years back to Ron Matthew bounced around from team to team for a year or two. Trey Boston had a hard time. Like, safeties aren't given to be signed. Yeah, it's almost like a luxury position right now because a lot of these safety, or a lot of these, like, defensive backs, like, look at um, Seattle. They're signing guys who are, um, off the top of my head, who'd they trade for? From uh, Jamal Jets. Adams. Jamal Adams. And he's more of a tweener. Yeah, they get these, like, luxury picks. Um, and they're linebacker slash safety types. I mean, look at Honey Badger, like you were talking about. He's that tool guy. He could play corner or safety. Um, a lot of teams are looking for players like that. And um, if you have a player that's strictly safety, they it's harder to uh, find a home. You know. Yeah, um, it's definitely become a, a tough middle position in the league. So uh, you know, hopefully Justin Simmons sees a pace or pay increase soon. Um, speaking of pay increases. The Baltimore Ravens left tackle slash right tackle Orlando Brown's got an update here. Apparently Jacksonville, the Chargers, and the Indianapolis Colts are the three teams to keep monitoring in that trade saga. You think that like with how uh, good Jacksonville looks like right now with what their quarterback situation is going to be, uh, that would be a very smart decision by the Jacksonville Jaguars to go grab a top tackle. Honestly, the only one on this list that doesn't make a whole bunch of sense to me right now is Indy. Yeah. Um, Jacksonville knows, obviously, they're going to tell Baltimore, hey, no matter what, we, what, what we're doing, we're not including pick 1 or 1.01. They're not giving up the first overall pick. Um, so that'll be their future quarterback, signed, sealed, delivered. They've got a future quarterback. The Chargers... They've got Justin Herbert. Right. So the Chargers have some money to play to protect him. And if Indy's going to go after Wentz, then you think you would try to keep some draft capital for now until And that's the thing. So, like, you would want to at least make sure you get your quarterback there. I feel like Orlando Brown could potentially be moved before some of these quarterback dominoes fall. So I feel like Indy's probably on the outside looking in. Nothing against, like, Chris Ballard and that team. But they've got to get the quarterback in place before they're protecting... 
Billy Bob Thornton back there, just yeah. some random. And Jacob Eason right now, I guess. Yeah, or, and Jacob Eason thinks he's ready for it. I like Jake, Jacob Eason last year out of the draft. Strong arm, yeah. Um, speaking, continuing on trades here, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles have also been in contact uh, with Seattle and Indy regarding moving Zach Ertz. That's probably a good choice by the Eagles, considering they have Goddard there. And um, it just hasn't... Ertz hasn't looked like the same type of guy there the last couple seasons. And it might do Ertz some good to have some fresh face somewhere else. I mean, the problem is, too, Ertz is getting to that make-or-break age for tight ends as well. I believe he's older than Gronk. Um, And it's just... You gotta wonder how much left is in how much left is in the tank for Zach Ertz, and are we making smart moves, and what are we giving up for him? You're, I don't think it's bad to bring him on your team. No, not at all. But I'm not paying a ransom. It's a veteran presence and a guy who has in the past has had success at that position. Um, you and I have talked about in fantasy. A lot of people like to jump on him because he's a top name, but. We always tell people, hold up on Ertz for a little while. Yep, I will always, always tell you, drafting Zach Ertz is the equivalency of drafting that 5-6 tight end a couple rounds later, um, whereas you might be getting a better deal on your receivers or running backs at that spot where you would jump on Ertz because Ertz is either going to get dinged up Mm -hmm. or he's going to have a couple single-digit games in a row before he blows out for that 20-plus point game, and it's infuriating to have him. To see that happen. Um, but yeah, so Philadelphia is making calls there, moving that. To some more free agency news, I guess. Um, the Green Bay Packers, David Bakhtiari, starting left tackle, went down injured the back half of the year, restructures his deal. Um, to some of you listening, you're going to go, I don't, I, what, is, what do I care about this? Uh, if you're a Green Bay fan, that saves Green Bay 8.3 in the cap for free agency coming up. And... 8.3 is huge, especially in free agency, that's, freeing up the cap. That's possibly two players. Yep, two players, or uh, that could be J.J. Watt. Yeah, it, it's either going to be a, a pretty big impact player or two starting players. Um, so, yeah, that's a huge deal, Packers fans. Uh, and Bakhtiari knew what he did. Bakhtiari took a bow saying, you can thank me later. Yeah, um, and I mean... More players even might be willing to do that. That happens, especially this year. Mm-hmm. I think this year you're going to see a lot of restructures. I think people are going to understand, it, especially with such unsettled times. Hey, we're not asking you to not make this money. We're going to say, hey, let's turn this bonus into guaranteed money to start, so it comes off your cap. Yeah, right. And a lot of a lot of teams like to say, hey, um, this signing bonus is going to be a big chunk of your salary, but we don't. We want to take some cap off the books, and it's it's a smart thing for GMs to do because. A lot of players want that money. They're going to get it up front, and it frees up your books. Speaking of free agents, and you mentioned him already, uh, we are officially on J.J. Watt watch. Um, as of right now, it looks like five teams are mentioned in this. Yep. The Steelers, who, as of the most recent, were a 5-2 to two odds favorite to sign him. They're probably a favorite, obviously because of the affiliation with his two brothers. His two brothers. Um, it's just they might not be able to afford them, and it's going to be a, that's a stacked front seven. I could see them pulling that off because if anybody's going to take a hometown discount, as much as it's not a hometown, it would be JJ Watt's it, Pittsburgh. It would be JJ Watt. Um, and overall, it actually might be a smart move for JJ Watt because he'll be able to stay healthy and get rotational reps. He's just got to be okay with hey, I'm not the guy on the line there. It's going to be a rotation. Where that also makes more sense is if he were to come to the second odds on favorite, Buffalo Bills. I know a lot of people will sit there and say, hey, they don't have cap. Hey, they don't have this. Well, right now you're correct. But as we just saw with David Bakhtiari, teams can and will restructure and cut players. Yes, and a lot of um, Bills players are already talking about taking that restructure. About courting J.J. Watt. Hey, man, let's make a deal. Let's make this happen. Guess what? J.J. Watt is not the player he was three, four years ago. But J.J. Watt, in a reduced role, getting to come in fresh every other down, might be as much of an impact. Yes, he's not on the field at all times. He's probably, like, if he, he might be good for that, like, 7 to 8 sack range. I think he could be good for that 9 to 10 if you play him properly. Yeah. I mean, Zeke Ansah a couple or Ziggy Ansah a couple years ago, um, he was damn near 7 to 9. And the same thing. If you're Older not, player, rotational role. If you're not asking him to do too much, he's going to be fresh. 
almost the same as Justin Houston right now in Indy. Yeah. Houston's had 19 sacks in the last two years. I don't need Houston on the field all four downs. Or I don't need Watt on the field all four downs. Right. I mean, he's, he's also really solid in the run run defense game, and Buffalo hurt a lot last year with not having Star in the lineup, stuffing those holes. <laughs> and Watt could be a guy that they could plug in there and say, hey, uh, first and second down, we need you to be that guy to just take up space. Eat a, yeah, be a space eater. Um, but the other three teams really rounding them out, uh, Cleveland, Tennessee, and Green Bay, out of those three, I think Green Bay is the only team I would think of. Yeah. Um, I still don't think Cleveland's a sexy destination. And I think that Watt understands if he goes to Tennessee, there's a lot of parts needed on that defense, and he's going to see a ridiculous amount of playing yeah, time. Yeah. Um, I think Green Bay makes sense if he's looking to find a job and make another run at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think any of the first three talked about, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Green yes. Bay, are that. Um, but, again, it, it'll be an interesting offseason to see. I don't even think offseason. This could happen in the next two weeks. Right. He doesn't have to wait. Um, so, yeah, I bring on Watt Watch. Yeah. What are we looking at? Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, there's one more list of news here. And it leads us directly into today's topic. Uh, Trevor Lawrence decided, realistically, after speaking with Coach Urban Meyer, to throw a mini pro day this past week. Um, he is going under the knife uh, tomorrow, actually, to yesterday, anybody who's listening to this, Tuesday. And he's repairing his non-throwing shoulder. Yeah, was it? I, think, I believe it was a labor. Torn labor yeah. on his non-throwing shoulder that he didn't even know he had. Um Shouldn't impact his draft um, status whatsoever. Honestly, looked phenomenal in his in his mini pro day. Yeah, you wouldn't even know he no. had a problem. No, throwing dimes. Um, there was a throw that he had on the left side. I think it was an out route, and he just put it. I think he might have rolled out, but it was a clip, crisp uh, spiral, and literally put it in this tiny window um, for the receiver to catch it, almost like. Had to the receiver had to basically turn his body for it, but it's one of those beautiful throws that that you just respect the ability. It's a ooh ah kind of throw. Speaking of, so now we get to talk ooh ahs. Uh, The real fun, the fun stuff this week. We're gonna start it out hot, as we had already teased. We're gonna start discussing what Gary and I see on some of these players. Mm -hmm. Uh, We spent four and a half hours, five hours on Friday, another four hours on Saturday. Going over quarterbacks and other positions. Today, we really kind of get to break down at least eight of these quarterbacks yeah. and give you our ranking. On top of a couple people, we might swing back on and take a peek at down the road. Yeah. Um, but what do you say we started off with uh, Trevor Lawrence? Yeah. What, what really popped out to you on him? And uh, by no means are we both experts here at watching film, but we did break a lot of it down and we just. Uh, we were both on the same page yeah. frequently, too. Yeah. We picked up on stuff that you'd think of most. A casual person probably wouldn't. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'd start saying something, and you'd finish my sentence. Yeah. And then you'd start saying th- something, and I'd finish your sandwich. Basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and uh, I have been in the film room before. I played a little college ball, but um, Kyle... Has not. Kyle hasn't, but at the same time, has watched enough football to catch up on a lot of things. He's a football nut. But uh, starting with Trevor Lawrence, um, he's the clear-cut number one uh, choice here out of all the quarterbacks. Just watching his film and then going the next couple guys, it's like, it's night and it was, day. And, and I don't know if I want to say night and day. There was little that he did flawed. He's good to great at almost everything. Yes, there's, there's very little that I, it's hard to be nitpicky. Um, and that's the thing, though. We were, because I think everybody looks at a lot of these these next couple guys they're like, well, nope, nope, nope. I've been told that he, he belongs here. Mm-hmm. And you really start sitting down and looking at it and... I mean, let's be fair here. I, I, what I have here just from the Georgia Tech game, and granted, yes, Georgia Tech was the biggest blowout of the year. Um, the athleticism shines through. Yeah, he's 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 mobile. He, I think, this is one thing we really did nitpick him on. He needs to protect his body better at the next level when yeah. he does scramble. Mm-hmm. 
His RPOs are phenomenal. Yeah, he sells the RPOs very well. And that's the thing. It's I think that's what gets him such lanes is he talks that ball so well that when he does take off, mm-hmm. you do have to second guess, okay, did he give it to ETN? Did he get did does he have it? Um Especially against the Blitz too. I highlighted here that against the Blitz he, there was a couple RPO pay, plays that got him huge gains because yeah. he read the the, the Blitz defense. perfectly. He got he got him to, to bait and fake to that running back and he he just caught out and he never has to run the same direction on the RPO. He's very fluid and adjusting to what the line's giving him, which is something you can't say about a lot of running back or a lot of quarterbacks. Um, his ball placement's impeccable. It's it's elite. Their majority, over eighty five percent, I'd say, were in about a five by five inch window where it's the receiver's ball to play or ball just, to catch. You just don't see that a lot with quarterbacks at that level, especially um, with how young he was. Throughout his career. Correct. You know. And I mean, granted, we saw a dip of production this year. Does that partially become because of this shoulder labrum injury? Um, and obviously, a lot of it has to do with a shortened season. A shortened season. And he did test positive for COVID. So does that. And he missed games as well. Mm-hmm. But so, I mean, it, even with the, the reduced season, 3,153 yards, 69.2% completion percentage. Nice. Nice. Uh, 24 touchdowns to five interceptions. The the deep ball. Not only is it clean, it's a strike. It's it's very powerful. He he pushes it downfield, and there's no question if the ball's going to get there. He's going to hit his receiver in stride. I will say, if we want to nitpick again, I did write this one down. There are some third and longs that he would take while watching some of these plays here, where he would almost look like he'd have a receiver open to push the ball mm-hmm. and decide to try to use his feet instead and put his body in the line on these certain longs that he should yeah. have converted easier. Uh, that's something that does concern me a bit at the next level. Yeah. He cannot try to be Trevor Hero. Use what you have skill-wise. And sometimes just um, take what the defense gives you a yep. little bit and live to fight another day. There's a couple times where... Um, well, I guess we'll go into the negatives just because we do have a couple negatives. Um, we talked about protecting your body a little bit, and there's a few runs where he's putting his shoulder down, putting his head into the defense, and you and I both looked at each other a couple times. We're just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Because he's going to get hurt at the next level. Yeah, he's not playing these Georgia Tech linebackers. He's not playing He's not playing low-end college guys who are talking about this 25 years on the line about how I played against Trevor Lawrence in college. Yeah, right. He's playing the best of the best now. Um, and there's, will, there's some NFL players that will will put a hurting on you yeah. because they see that. I will say this. Um, the Miami game, one of his interceptions on the year, he threw. And that one there was really no excuse mm-hmm. for. He stared that target down, mm-hmm. and he let the route get jumped. And mm-hmm. that's something that, again, you you cannot let that fly at the next level. Right. But he very rarely forces throws. He's got an impeccable zip on his passes. Yeah, it's pretty. It's it's pretty, but very often you see these pop screens to, these, to the running backs on, out in the flat, and they flutter him a little, to, and he's got no, he's zinging them in there. heat. And like they're they're landing right where the guy needs it. They're not dropping these passes. They He's getting them off where your running back now has enough time to get upfield and process where he's making his moves next. And he, he makes his receivers better by doing these. Um, I guess one last thing that I will say negatively, just because we have talked so well, um, is especially in the, in the Ohio State game or other games that I've noticed that we watched, He's of sh- he kind of shies away from contact a little bit. If he's going to make a bad throw, he's going to take a hit, and that's when the bad throw is going to come out. He doesn't really stand in there and deliver the ball to the guy and take that hit. He shies away, and that's where the that's where the uh, wobbly throws or the picks yep. come from. That's, um, we had that both down here, and um, yeah, the, it, just the bad throws under pressure, um, especially at the next level where. You might not have the best offensive line. He's going to have to learn how to stand in there and deliver the ball to his receivers. Yes. Uh, well, that's the thing. I wrote that down. I did the. I did some research on this. His line was subpar at best this yeah, they, year. I mean, even watching just in the, in the game against Ohio State, literally the left tackle stood up and let they, the guy go. Well, the left tackle was his best lineman. I know, but uh, just <laughs> in the last couple drives, he's his, just his left tackle is, is going to the draft and he's being billed as a second to third round prospect. 
Um, they lost one of their big interior guards, John Simmons or John Simons, I think was whoever it is, went last year to Vegas in the fourth. They didn't have much like heavily recruited talent. That's that people are buzzing about on that line, right? And Clemson's never been like an Ohio or Ohio State, never or Nebraska, been, uh, Wisconsin, Alabama. They, they've never been a lineman factory team. Yes, but yeah, any he will make any play if given enough time in a clean pocket. Mm-hmm. There's he gets the ball out fast, so it's not like he really needs. Yeah. It, it, it's one thing you notice he he gets that ball and it's out quick release. Um, but yeah, I I mean. When we say number one, I, I don't see a reason for him not to be no, you number would, one. Just the film, just watching the film, and then coming to some of the other guys, you could. It's not like um, he's the only quarterback that should be drafted, but he's the only quarterback that should be drafted number at one, one for sure. Um, but we will go on to option number two. It's a guy that so many people I think thought think maybe he should be one overall. I'm going to tell you right now, he should not be. No, please don't um, think that. Mr. Justin Fields. And before I start this, I want to let people know I'm not down on Justin Fields. No, not, not not at all. The I think you said it best. You actually called him Russell Wilson light. Yes. And I think that's the proper thing. I think he's got a little bit less arm strength than Russ. He protects the ball very well. Mm-hmm. Very and his, his Yes, his scrambling and athleticism is phenomenal. Off the top, though, something we were not a big fan of. At first, we kind of looked at it and thought it was, oh, he's got a great touch pass. He does. Yep. But there's a very big lack of velocity. Yeah, it's it's a touch pass, but then when you're asked to make the, like, Trevor Lawrence is going to need to hit a corner route. And he's going to put that on a frozen yeah, rope. Puts it on a dime. Um, Justin Fields doesn't have that type of arm strength. They're going to use his strengths more as a deep ball touch pass down the sideline. Or over the middle to the tight end, that's that's his strengths. His his play action is not very clean. Right. We couldn't tell off of our tape if this was his problem or the center's fault. But the Michigan State game alone, we watched him bobble three shotgun snaps. And I think they might have bobbled a couple against Clemson as well. I, I if I don't re- I don't remember, um, but I think watching that game, he had like one or two. The, I, we didn't watch that tape. That's right. We didn't watch the tape, but I almost, um, I almost want to say I remember it happening when we watched yeah, it. Yeah. Um, so, I, I obviously, something you can teach, something you can learn, and as you get to a higher level as well, your centers are going to evaluate and be better. Um, and he's probably going to take a lot more snaps under center, too, so that's yes. one of those things where it might not happen that much. He has a nice deep ball for the fact that it does lack velocity. Yes. Um, he's got impeccable patience in the pocket as well. Yeah, he doesn't. Th- there's one thing that I noticed between him and Trevor Lawrence is he doesn't do that panic thing. Correct. Where, where Trevor Lawrence is like, "Oh my god, I'm going to get hit. Either I got to throw this ball." Trevor Lawrence gets jitter feet in the pocket. Yes. Um, with a little bit of a lack of the arm strength, Justin Fields looked like a very poised veteran mm-hmm. back there. It did not bother him. He's tough to bring down, and he likes to lower his shoulder to contact. He does. Um, that's one of those things that they'll have to teach him how to slide. But I think that's I think that's like one of the number one things you, young quarterbacks have to learn coming. Correct. Out. But again, with the athleticism uh, on against Northwestern, it's one of their tougher games in the regular season. Um, he had three or four plays he extended himself, yeah. just to avoid being sacked and then get the ball out and create the first down. And like he had some good receivers, but a lot of the plays that he created were his own were his own doing. He he doesn't have the same elusive accuracy. No, his passes are where they need to be. They're not five inch window tight knit corner accuracy. He's not phenomenal throwing on the run. I had that down. I do think that I noticed a couple times that he stares his receivers down, um, especially because he's waiting for the play to develop deep. I, I, I there's a couple times where I noticed that, um, where it's like you could throw the check down. And he's just kind of waiting for that guy to go deep and then throws it and forces it downfield. But it's another one of those things where your quarterback coach is going to say, hey, go through your reads, don't try to force it. Correct, and I think that ties indirectly to another thing I had against the Northwestern game. We saw it a couple times, whether it be to his running back or out in the flats. Um, He was putting the ball out there for his receiver to turn right upfield and get crushed. Yes. He was not giving team-friendly balls. He was not... He throws the 50-50 hospital ball. Yes. And, like, it gets there. It gets caught. 
But more often than not, the guy's getting no yards after the catch because he's getting lit up upon his upon pulling the pass in. Yeah, I mean, if he gets a big receiver at the next level, it might be one of those things where it's like, okay, you can get away with it. Yes, because you're getting a guy like uh, Olaith wasn't it though, right? But if you get a if you you get a guy like Kyle Pitts, yes, who we'll talk about in a little bit, um, one of those guys, it's going to be okay because those receivers are going to make those plays and be able to shield themselves from the defender. But that's not the type of receiver they have. Over at Ohio State. Against Bama in the national championship game. We noticed that under pressure, he definitely doesn't really set his feet. No. He, he does get the jitter feet under pressure. He does get jitter feet, but he, I think he's better at delivering the ball under the pressure than Trevor Lawrence. And he steps up well yes. and climbs the ladder into the pocket. Um, I, I don't know if you noticed this. He throws much better left deep than right deep. Yeah. And his... Middle of the field throws were not great. There were very few of them. He doesn't, for whatever reason, he doesn't like to. He likes to look deep. He doesn't really like to hit those guys over the middle. But I think that's where his strengths are going to come from at the next level is finding those guys over the middle because he doesn't have such a strong arm. And yeah, we talked about watching film where like he keeps throwing the ball left. It, it looks pretty. Then they go to the right, and it's like, what the heck's going on? Well, who is this guy? It's totally different. Um, I wonder if it's one of those things where it's like because he's not setting his feet, he's not turning his shoulders the right. The proper way Correct. to throw the ball on target. That's and, that's something that could definitely, and I'm not going to say be a fault or his whole career. No. But as a rookie, if if defensive coaches pick up on that. Yeah, you're just going to. Okay, hey, uh, Justin Fields, you're going to be a jack. That's what Trey White's playing the left or the right, right side right. of the field to combat you throwing left mm-hmm. all day. Better luck throwing there. And it's, one of, it's just one of those things. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. Um, ultimately, I said he. I, Think he's got a better pocket presence than Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and he's definitely you. You definitely worry about him scrambling. Yes, he's I mean, more athletic on the scrambler. Good, but he's Justin a, Fields is borderline yes. great scrambling. Yes, and he's faster. Yes, um, but the lack of velocity and the the lack of the accuracy. He he runs somewhere to Kyler Murray. I would say yes, yes. Um, Maybe maybe we'd call him poor. I don't know if I could say poor man's Kyler because he's bigger. He absorbs a hit better. Um, but I don't even think it's a bad comparison. I think he's going to be a very good pro at the next level. Right. It's going to take him a year or two before he hits a stride. I think, and then it depends on what team he goes to. If he goes to the Jets and they're still a tire fire, then he's never going to come out. He's going to unfortunately be the same way that that Sam Darnold is currently. But no, um, I mean, unless you got something else to add, I no. think I'm good on Justin Fields. I I like him. But I will I don't love give him. you a spoiler. He's not my number two prospect in the in the draft. Uh, my number two prospect in the draft, at least, uh, I'm really, really high on him right now. You and I kind of sat down without knowing really what to, to buy in on this kid. And there's a lot of off-field issues with him. Zach Wilson out of BYU. Yeah, um, I was a little surprised by his tape because everyone was like, hey, Zach Wilson's the next big thing. And I'm like, I don't want to buy into it yet because I haven't watched his tape. I don't want to believe. I I, I don't like believing media because the, the everyone was out on Josh Allen that he's so bad. And then I watched his tape and I'm like, okay, he's not that bad. People like to form these narratives and roll with them. So I wanted to see his film first. Narratives before, are a big thing. Yeah. I wanted to see it. And we'll get to a narrative on another guy later that we don't really like. But uh, Zach Wilson's definitely a number two, number three guy in this draft. Um. I mean, he's got a solid play action. He is a protective passer when it comes down to putting the play or putting the ball in play. I notice that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, also shown he was second in, in the NCAA in touchdowns thrown with thirty three, yep. and only threw three picks this past year. And BYU asked him to do a lot. That's, yes, that's their whole offense. Um, Zach Wilson. He had great short to mid accuracy. He has that quick release that we mm-hmm. saw in Trevor Lawrence. He's not super mobile. He can no. make the runs. But he looks nowhere close to as quick as Lawrence or Fields. Yeah, and um, we noticed that instead of running, he likes to try to extend the play and look for a guy downfield and try to get that ball to somebody. Yeah, he got himself in trouble in the backfield a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, he has above-average velocity. His ball comes out quicker than, than Fields did. Yeah, it's just not... It's nowhere near Lawrence um, with how good the velocity is, especially on the those... Those deep throws on the out, out, um, like outside the numbers. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yes, he tend, he tends to let those passes float. We notice mm-hmm. um, his velocity dips 
outside of we thought we we said about twenty five yards. You start to see the, the speed on his passes drop yep. drastically. Um, he I noticed he sat on the balls of his feet and, and danced in the pocket. Yeah, a lot. He, and that's one of those things where it's like you're either gonna like it or you're gonna hate it, and it depends on the team. Um, because that means he's ready to to go at every, any single point. He's on his feet. He's not flat footed in the pocket, so he's not gonna. Uh, deliver the ball flat-footed. But um, one of the things that I'm a little worried about and I'm concerned about is they had a they don't have a cupcake schedule, but they have lesser opponents. And um, that's just one thing that worries me because you're not seeing the, the top talent. And sometimes it doesn't matter because, um, I mean, you look at a lot of these quarterbacks that come out of smaller schools, they do just fine in the NFL. But it's one of those things you have to note. It's like they're not playing the elite talent that everybody else is. You know? Correct. Um, and, I mean, he they got some decent talent. They had some ranked schools. They themselves were ranked this year. Um, but, I mean, on top of this, there were some, some other things. I, I wanted to see what his 40 time was because he, he looks kind of sluggish. Yeah, and he could um, be surprised. Maybe he's surprisingly fast. Shockingly, he has a pre-existing shoulder injury. He missed time a couple seasons ago with that. He uses the pump fake very well. He looks off reads often. Um, he runs a convincing enough RPO as well. Yeah, and uh, they like to they like to move him around and get him kind of out in space. I don't know if that's like an offensive line issue, um, but he's got good vision downfield and always tries to find the man who's open in a scrambling situation. Yeah, that's exactly what I had. He, he does a great job of scanning the field instead yeah. of locking into one guy and they say, "Hey, you're you're throwing to to Y on this play." It's almost the kind of thing that Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers do, where it's like the play's not over till the ball's the correct, whistle, the whistle's blown. Correct, and I don't think I'm ever going to say he's as no. athletic as those two. No, but, but it's, it's that type of instinct that you'd like to see. Correct. In um, and he, unlike what we had said with Fields, he was very good at leading his receivers to the open spot and yes. giving them yard to, or room to run. Uh, and he threw a lot over the middle, too. He threw a lot of slants, and his slants were crispy. The We, we ended up going and watching the UCF Bowl game as well. Um, he reads his progressions well. He That game, he planted his, his feet and pointed his hips a lot more instead of dancing. Um, so, I mean, that's just over the course of the season he looked better. His arm velocity also looked a little better in that last game, yeah. I thought, as well. The only thing I noticed is he does this weird sidearm throw, and it just goes this right almost to the, the three-quarter throw. Yeah, and it goes right to the dirt, like, every time. And there's a couple times where I see it, I'm like, what the heck is this guy doing? Just either throw it away if you're going to take a hit or try to scramble out of there. I don't know. It was just weird. Because he'd get a guy in his face, and then he'd try to – he'd plant his feet and just do this weird sidearm. He just, he's just out of here yeeting passes. Yeet! Not not looking pretty, um, but yeah, I I was very impressed by him. I think he's going to make a very very nice quarterback at the mm-hmm. at the pro level. Um, obviously, a little bit of question about the station, about how stationary he is. Is he going to actually be able to move well at the pros, mm-hmm. or did is he, he going to be one dimensional? Did his teammates attend his birthday party? Yeah, I mean, Bo Callahan would tell you your teammates have to be at your birthday party. Or else she won't get drafted. Yeah. Um, and there was concern out there, I guess, that he wasn't voted team captain or something to go with off-field issues. There was a concern about a headband he wore during COVID. Um, I think that's kind of more silly than anything. I'm personally super high on Wilson. Yeah, he's got swagger to him. Yes. He reminds me of... Baker. Baker. I was only going to say... I was also going to say Drew Locke, because in, in college, Drew Locke had the... There was a game where... Uh, I think it was against Houston, where he was like doing this touchdown dance, and there was a little swagger to him, but the other team got offended because uh, they were like, oh, the quarterback shouldn't do that. And, you know what I mean? But I think he's got a little swagger to him, and I like it. Um, I do too. Uh, we'll talk about where he fits in later, but I'm I'm a big Zach Wilson fan. However, you already kind of precursored this. We talked about people giving narratives, narratives and I have a lot of people buy in. The narrative this year is that Trey Lance is a locked-in done deal He's a small school stud, and he's great. To be honest, we don't see it. No. Um, Granted, there's not a lot of tape out there. We we did go back and have to watch um, two games from last season because he only played the showcase game against Central Arkansas, which wasn't really a showcase. No, and I mean, I'm, I was sitting there watching the film with you, and I'm like, dude, this is one of the most boring film I've ever watched. He's he, big-bodied, and he can run. It's I, just, All of his scores are on the same type of thing. It's either like a play action thing when the receiver's running ten yards open free, 
because they're playing against. Is is it bad to say he reminded me of poor man's Cam Newton? Yeah, I mean, it's the same style. He he's got the ability to make most throws, but nothing flashes well. And he uses his, his size and, and scrambling skills and to like set up all of it. Eighty percent of his tape is just him running on QB run, like yes, well, uh, QB, like designed QB yes. runs. And it's like that they're not going to. You'll have a couple of those here and there, but you're not going to run thirty times with a quarterback. And before we dra- we trash him too much, I will say he he stood and was willing to take to take hits mm-hmm. to make the throws. Um, his play action's good. His play action was good. He he's sneaky quick. And he reads the field well enough. He's got a he has a great deep ball. Yeah, his deep but ball he is tended pretty, to overthrow a lot of it. But his short to intermediate game is like non-existent. Correct. He he, he doesn't pa- he doesn't protect the ball well when he scrambles. He threw up a lot of 50-50 passes asking his receivers to make the plays. Um his pocket presence is almost non-existent. You already said his middle his mid or middle passes aren't great. He wasn't great outside the numbers either. He Realistically, he he played one game this year. He threw fifty percent completion for one forty nine yards, two touchdowns, and, and his only collegiate pick. And yeah. I think that's where everybody's so high on him because he throw picks. Correct. The year prior, he was sixty six point nine percent completion, twenty seven or two thousand seven hundred eighty six yards, twenty eight touchdowns, zero picks. But today, I I was like I I was like you know what we got to record tonight. I don't want to shit all over Trey Lance. And I watched his highlights, and all of his touchdown passes come from a play action play where the receiver runs ten yards free. So it's not like he's making these legit elite throws. All you have to do is literally just kind of flick your wrist, and it's a touchdown. And it's because they're they run the ball so much with him that when they do the play action, it's just a it's a lot it's a of given. him throwing on the run, mm-hmm. and it's it's not a lot of stuff that's going to settle well in the pros. Mm-hmm. It, he has the natural ability, and we're not saying that he won't ever pan out. No, but um, I have him listed as a project at the moment. I, I, I currently think he he's going to fall to the second round unless he wows teams at the virtual combines. Yes. Um, I, I think that teams are going to realize off of film, off of everything else, he has more he needs to accomplish as a passer. Um, so I, I personally, for where everybody's super high on this kid, I'm not. I don't see it. He, he, he does put up a lot of passes. I noticed this in the last game. We watched a, a game from 2019 against James Madison, which was the number two ranked team in, college, or in D2 last year. He throws a lot of DPI balls. He yes. throws a lot of passes up deep that are pretty and hang up long enough mm-hmm. where his receivers get to draw the defensive pass interference. And that's a, that's a smart thing of a quarterback. Take the yardage how you can get them. Um, but then at the next level, it's like you can't just rely on your deep balls. You're going to have to read the field. Correct. So I'm still not entirely sold on him. I think he's got a long way to go. Um, next on our list, Gary, you became a fan of this kid, uh, Mr. Mac Jones. Yeah. Um, Matthew McCorkle Jones. Yeah, funny middle name, but uh, definitely solid coming out. Michael? Uh, I think it's Michael McCorkle. Yeah, something like that. Definitely solid coming out after... Um, they lost Tua, and he just kind of fills in there, and basically is an elite game manager. I would, I don't have him as like a a top franchise guy, but I would definitely have him as a guy similar to Tannehill, who's going to succeed with a lot of a guy who him. you might say would work very well in a Bill Belichick system. Yeah, uh, look, uh, stats alone stand alone. He had four thousand five hundred yards, forty one touchdowns, and four interceptions this year. Threw for seventy seven point four percent completion. That's the good news. Um, I have a little concern, as Gary alluded to earlier, Bam is a lineman factory. Yes. How many of those linemen helped him be able to just pick fish in a barrel? He also has three first-round wide receivers on this roster yeah. this past year. Um, he's good at pinpointing the throat of the numbers. He has a very quick release, um, and he does hit. He does hit his receivers in stride. So it's yeah. not like he's limiting what his receivers can do. He's giving the ball in in route so they can pick it up and continue to go their way. Yeah, like I like I was just saying, he reminds me of Ryan Tannehill right now. The way that... Um, I think everybody wanted Tannehill originally when he drafted yes. as a receiver. Yes. Um, like, right now, Tannehill's that guy that's putting the ball in those tight windows and just managing the game because he's got Derrick Henry, he's got a couple receivers to get the ball to. That's just what I see when I watch the film. And I'm actually excited for Mac Jones. Um, 
I'm usually not a Bama quarterback. Me neither. Liker, but or, uh, I mean pro he, Bama quarterbacks because they come to the NFL and with almost a silver spoon in their mouth. Yes. They've been given so much success. And um, time after time, we see these Bama quarterbacks struggle to read defenses and struggle to get the ball downfield because they're used to having ten yards of open space between him, the receiver and the corner. I will say he was very good at being able to read and pick up blitz, and that was against Florida, mm-hmm. who was a good a good team this year. Um, and he is cerebral. He takes what's there. He's not yes. forcing anything. No, and he takes care of the ball. Like I said, he's one of those elite game managers. He's, if he can do that, he'll have a very successful, successful NFL career. <laughs> <laughs> um, he does climb well up the pocket, too, when, when it collapses around him. He moves forward and through it. Um, he doesn't always throw with his feet, feet set. We noticed that as well. He's careful, at least so, when he does have to throw that ball away, that he's not putting the ball in harm's way. Right, he, he gets rid of it. Um, he's mobile enough within the pocket. He's not running past the line and gouging you on the yeah, ground. Yeah, he, he maneuvers well inside tries and, get, and gets out of those sack situations. Because he's got such a good line, he knows, okay, if I step up, this guy's still going to be making the blocks. And we also noticed that he was very good throwing to the sticks. Yep. He was able to make those throws for the first round downs when they counted. He also got a lot of benefit from using bubble screen and and wheel routes. Um, yeah, Bama loves the bubble screens. It's almost like they set that play up on purpose because they know um, they got such a good run game. Correct. And they'll be, able, they'll be able to push it downfield. I mean, Clemson does that too. It's just something elite teams can do um, that sets up your offense. Yeah, I mean, everything I have here kind of illustrates what you said. There, nothing pops off the pages that's his best talent. But he does all the little things well. Yes, he's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? His Meticulous. Me- mechanics are just, he's uh, the jack of all trades, I guess you could say. Correct. But he's, he, a, uh, he's just not the Justin Fields athletic. No. He's um, a pocket passer. That's the only thing he's missing is the athleticism, and I think it still is going to bode well for him at the pro level. Mm-hmm. I've still got him as a mid to, fir- mid to late first round pick. Yeah, um... I can see maybe, like, if there's a run on quarterbacks in the top 10, I can see a team trading up for him. New England yeah. at 16. Yeah. Um, however, this is another guy. We think he has the tools to get there. We think coming out of the program, he's going to end up being a second, third rounder, but he has the ability to start one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Trask out of Florida. Yeah, uh, watching this guy's film, um, I was very impressed with... Everything he did? Yeah, everything. He's not the... Another one of those. He's a pocket passer. He's not an athletic guy. Um, but he reads the defense and gets the ball to his receivers. Um, and this is another one of those things, kind of like what we just said with Mac Jones. He does benefit from having two really good playmakers. And uh, Tony and Kyle Pitts. Yep. Um, Kadarius Tony was a great receiver. He'll be a first or second day pick this this off or in the draft. Kyle Pitts might might and should be a top ten pick. Yes. Um but still Kyle Trask threw for four thousand two hundred and fifty eight yards, forty three touchdowns and eight picks this, this past season. He makes a good tight throw. He has some velocity to his to his passing. He makes those NFL throws. Yes. He steps up into his throw when he's when he's releasing it and he does put the ball in a nice tight window. He moves well with a left to right release. Um <laughs> I'm mad I wrote this under notes on Kyle Trask. Kyle Pitts is good. <laughs> Guys, we have a man crush on Kyle Pitts. That's our first declared man crush of draft season. Um, he has a very controlled velocity. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do anything over the top. He's not throwing cannons like a former UB quarterback. Yeah. Um, but he's got the velocity you want to make the throw quickly and deliver it timely. Other than... Uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's one of the only quarterbacks that I saw that were able to make those windows tight, uh, those throws outside. He had one of the best accuracies besides Lawrence. Um, I mean, I I would still say the accuracy that Fields possesses is good. Yes. But I would say he's got, he looked like he had better accuracy. He did have the issue against Oklahoma. Yeah, was that the game that. He threw three picks in one quarter? uh, That was also the game that he lost to. His top four targets. Yes. Um, so, I mean, that the Oklahoma game, for sure, he didn't have Kadarius Tony and he didn't have Kyle Pitts. Um, he literally was throwing to targets five, six, seven. And, but uh, he still threw three interceptions. I don't know about this. They might not have had all his linemen in there either. I don't know. I didn't hear anything about that. But we ju- we do know that didn't have Pitts, didn't have Tony. 
and it was throwing to his uh, basically his practice squad. Um, literally though, when he was surrounded by his good talent, he looked every part of what a top round quarterback yeah. should have been. Yeah, and I mean, um, I think if he's in the right situation, like a sits behind Big Ben for a year, that he could be a quarterback that slides right in there and doesn't skip a beat. Yeah. Um, I mean, even to an extent, Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he should start this year. I think he needs no, to No, he needs to learn. He he does extend plays with his legs. We did notice that as well. He was pretty mm-hmm. good at being able to move the pocket. As much as he wasn't really a scrambler, he can keep the play alive getting left to right in the backfield yeah. to get that pass out. He's good east to west. Yes. Um... I was definitely concerned about the fall off with Oklahoma, but I I think I really like what he did Mm -hmm. and what we saw on tape. Uh, Quarterback seven for today. People seem to be really high on this guy. Uh, Georgia slash Wake Forest quarterback, and we say that because he transferred to Georgia and never played it down. Uh, Jamie Newman. A lot of what we saw was was a lot of designed runs. Mm Mm-hmm. His stats didn't jump off paper, and the stats we had to use were from Wake Forest two years ago. Uh, 60.9 completion percentage, 2,868 yards, 26 touchdowns to 11 picks, but ran for 504 or 574 and six touchdowns. He has goofy footwork. Goofy footwork, and he, I don't know, his arm is incredibly weak. He could throw a nice deep ball, but there was nothing like, no, no pizzazz on no. it. He he telegraphs designed runs. And I had that. He he's got a average to below, to below average back shoulder throw compared to a lot of the other quarterbacks we watched. It's just not his strength. He also was pretty bad at putting that pass where the receiver was going to get killed again. Yes. Um, he was quicker to decide to tuck and run mm-hmm. when the, when the play broke down than trying to find through and find an open target. Um, oftentimes resulting in a two- to three-yard gain. I literally listed here that I'm almost watching Lamar Jackson on in college again. And obviously not as good, but the way he throws the ball and the way he reads the defense, it's just not... And obviously we've talked about before, we're not huge on Lamar Jackson. Um, isn't going to be set up for success throwing the ball in the future in the NFL. Um, he's I, not a prolific passer... The only success he really has is over the middle, and um, he doesn't really push the ball downfield very well. No, and I think that's one of the things that we also found. We we wanted to find the weaker team that they played, the strongest team they played in an average game. And the stronger game he would have had would have been against Clemson with Wake Forest. And I know what you're all probably saying, but Gary, Kyle, Clemson's really good. Exactly. That's kind of what we wanted to learn. Um, and he looked... Pedestrian at best against Clemson. Yeah, right. Uh, doesn't read coverage. Uh, doesn't audible. I don't know if you even have the uh, ability to audible. There's times where it's like, I mean, Clemson's secondary is not elite by any means. And especially last season, that would have been AJ Terrell, who you and I were not very high uh, on. There's there was a couple times where it's like, there's one on one coverage. Safety's on the right side. One on one on the left. Audible. Take a shot, and yeah. he just doesn't even look at it, and runs the ball or throws it over the middle, throws a pick. It's like. You gotta you gotta see that at the next level, and I don't know if that's I don't know if that's their offense, and they say, "Hey, we don't want you audibling. Call this play, keep this play." Yeah, and, and then we ended up looking the Syracuse game. I think they lost that game, but Syracuse defense was much worse. Um, he was freely moving the ball. He mm-hmm. looked like an average to above average college quarterback in that game against a poor defense. Mm-hmm. Um, he's straight up. He's he's a project. Right. He's he not be anything run. that's going to be specific. This is a kid that, I mean, to you having noted it, maybe this is somebody Baltimore shows interest in. Yeah. Even as an undrafted free agent. Hey, you're mobile and you can make the passes. We can imply you in the playbook in case Lamar goes down. You don't have to alter the playbook that much. I think if he gets drafted, it's very late. And if not, he's going to end up on a practice squad. Correct. It'll be an undrafted situation. Um, But, I mean, I've got him written as a fifth to sixth round quarterback, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I think we'll go to the last quarterback we're going to really break down today being Kellen Mond. Uh, We did look up his his game, Texas Tech versus Bama, this year. He's really good at taking what's given. Yeah, he likes to – he doesn't like to force too much. Um, He's got a really weird delivery. Yeah, it it is very strange. Yeah. but his line afforded him a lot of time, given that it was Bama on the other side. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he does stand in the pocket. He takes the hit. He has a phenomenal RPO. Yeah, it does have that. He 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 sells the uh, the fake a little bit. Um, and we, he he's kind of good at reading the field. He's I think he's a better reader than better at reading the field than Trey Lance and um, Jamie Newman. But I think ultimately is also not going to be a starter at least for a couple of years. He's you know, I, I like that you said about the read because his reads were good. Um, he can deliver a pass in the tightest of windows, mm-hmm. but then he'll throw it six feet above his, his receiver's head in the next play. Yeah, it's just... His, his goods are great. He lacks consistency. And his bads are awful. He's a very 50-50 player as well with those passes. He, he throws off balance quite often. We So when we tried to find um, find tape on Mond as well, all we could find was the Bama game. Um, this past season, he went 2,282 yards, 66.3% completion, 19 touchdowns, and 3 picks. We ended up having to go to the Senior Bowl game here. Yeah, and I'm, in two of the games that we saw, he doesn't really like to take shots. He no. takes what's given to him, uh, throws over the middle, throws out left or right, but doesn't go downfield. And I wanted to see that because it's like, can this guy throw a deep ball? We, well, we also noticed, too, throwing across the middle, his passes tended to drift to the ground. Yes. He threw a lot of low balls. He's not, even in the senior bowl, he had a lot of good receivers, and he was mm-hmm. not setting them up four yard after the catch. He was setting them up to get hit, and they were, it, you caught it, you're going down. And he's not too much of a scrambler. He likes to, he, he wants to throw the ball, kind of like how Zach Wilson does. He wants Correct. to get it downfield. All right. Um, you got anything else you want to say on Kellen Mond then? Uh, no. I guess they said he looked good in the Senior Bowl. Um, I didn't. He think, made a couple okay throws, yeah, but I didn't think he looked awesome. But uh, I think he rose his draft stock a little bit with how well he played in the Senior Bowl compared to some other guys. So, Gary, what do you got uh, out of out of these guys? You want to rank them for us? Yeah. Let me just get my list up here. So, obviously, we talked about it. Um, Trevor Lawrence is the clear-cut number one, um, almost a generational quarterback, at least of the last few years. They're calling him the best quarterback since Andrew Luck to come out. Uh, I'm not going to make that judgment because I'm no expert, but I like Trevor Lawrence at one. My number two quarterback is Zach Wilson. Um, there's It's a drop-off between one and two, but Zach Wilson is still the next best guy. Um, I like the way he throws the ball. He's athletic. Um, got that Aaron Rodgers... Uh, Mahomes type of instinct trying to get rid of the ball. Uh, the play's not all over until it's over. And then my third guy is Justin Fields. Everyone's going to say, hey, um, why isn't he your number two? Uh, Justin Fields is benefiting from a good team. I don't think it's that. I think they had a very solid run game against Clemson. And I also think Zach Wilson showed enough to have leapfrogged it solely on Wilson's talent. Yeah, Zach Wilson gets a lot of they, they let him throw the ball around. Um, but Justin Fields is athletic. He just doesn't have those NFL throws yet. Um, I don't know. Whatever team drafts him, they're going to have to adjust to his skill set. He's not going to be pushing the, the ball downfield. He can, he's got that, obviously we talked about that, pretty deep ball, but it's not the way Trevor Lawrence throws it. That's the, that's the type of deep ball you want is the ones where you can make any throw downfield 20 to 30 yards. So that's why I have him at three. And a little surprise here because a lot of people is like, oh, well, Mac Jones, Trey Lance. I have Kyle Trask at four. Um, watching his film, he's a very solid pocket passer, and I think he's going to be ready to be a quarterback faster than a couple of the other guys. Uh, they're saying Mac Jones could be the most NFL ready now, but I'm not willing to say that only for the fact that uh, Mac Jones had a little more talent around him uh, with the offensive line, the running backs, uh, the receivers. Bama had a good defense. So he's uh, Kyle Trask is my number four, and Mac Jones is my number five. I just talked about Mac Jones a little bit. He's benefiting from the uh, team around him, so that's why I have him as an elite game manager. I think Kyle Trask is just a little bit more skilled than Mac Jones. Number six, because I have to put him here, um, I really don't like Trey Lance. I just wasn't wowed with this film. More of a running quarterback style. They they have a lot of uh, QB runs that they talked we talked about earlier. Uh, isn't an elite passer, and is probably going to be a project quarterback. I hope I'm wrong because I, I talk about this all the time. It's like uh, prove me wrong, 
play play to the best of your ability and become a franchise quarterback. But right now, I just don't see it. He's got a lot of raw talent. Um, just doesn't have those NFL throws just yet. And with the right team, the right quarterback, he could be a solid guy. But I just don't think – I think it's going to be three to four years before we see him, if we see him at all, as a starting quarterback. Um, and then seven, I have Kellen Mond. I liked Kellen Mond because he's a better passer than Jamie Newman. Uh, Kellen Mond uh, was a better with the ball at making or better at making decisions with the ball than uh, Jamie Newman. And then uh, Jamie Newman at eight um, just didn't doesn't possess the starting NFL quarterback caliber that you want to see. And that's why I have him at eight. And that's my top eight right now. Uh, so Gary, you and I are pretty close here. Um, Again, I'm not going to go into super detail here. I have Trevor Lawrence at one. Mm-hmm. He is the de facto number one, and he should be. The kid's going to be a very good player. Uh, I want Zach Wilson at two. I think Zach Wilson shows everything you could ask out of a young prospect. I think he's going to make the plays. I think he, he reminds me a lot of, I almost want to say Justin Herbert. Yeah. How Herbert took a beating last year. In the pre-draft process, people said he wasn't ready, he wasn't this, he wasn't that, and he came out and was the rookie of the year. Yeah. Um, Justin Fields comes in at three. Again, nothing against the kid's talent. I think a lot of this comes down to what I believe in Zach Wilson's talent. I went number four here in Mac Jones. I think that's because Mac Jones is going to start from day one wherever he goes. I, I agree. It's just... I think Trask has a higher upside, but I think end of the day... Mac Jones ends up having more overall yards and, and whatnot in his career because he gets more time starting. Yeah, um, they did say he's more NFL ready now. I just think, I just was saying Kyle Trask is that's, going, that's going fine, to be man. the better we, we are We are more than open to our own opinions. Yeah, right. We're never going to agree on just everything. Uh, I have Kyle Trask in at five. I do really like what he brings, and I think he will be a starter a year or two down the line in the NFL. And it could be a... Like an A B type of player because they're very similar. They are. Style. They they had a lot of a lot together. They had a, the benefit of a lot of talent around them. Um, I do have Trey Lance at six. I'm very off put by him. I'm intrigued to see what else comes of him, but just I, he can't use a rust excuse for what he did in that only game this year. He did not look good. My opinion: if you don't get quarterbacks one through five, you're in trouble. If you don't get quarterbacks one through five, you better have somebody for a two-year stopgap for, for mm-hmm. quarterback six. Um, I've got Kellamond at seven. Again, same as Gary said. Um, if you're going to twist my arm, I like Mond better than Newman. I don't want to have to choose between either of the two. Yeah, Newman is my eight, but I do have a couple radar plays as well. I'm intrigued by Sam Ellinger and Ian Book out of Texas and Notre Dame retrospectively. Both of them have shown talent in the past. Mm-hmm. And then I did some homework on uh, Dustin Crum from Kent State. Only played four games this year. Kicked four rushing touchdowns. Almost 1,200 yards, 12 touchdowns, and two interceptions. Granted, yes, I know he's playing the Mac. But those are some big stats. Yeah, and, I mean, you, there's a lot of success stories of small school quarterbacks coming. Ben Roethlisberger. Yep, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, out of the Mac as well. I mean, Flacco won a Super Bowl out of Delaware. Matt Ryan out of uh, Boston, Boston College. College. Uh, Drew Brees out of Purdue. Purdue. Like, Small schools don't mean anything, but coming out, it's tough to judge them because they're playing lesser talent. Well, Gary, uh, I think that was a hell of an episode there. Yeah, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into that quarterback. Yeah, I mean, that was five hours of just ripping ripping straight straight film. Uh, We'll be back with you guys this upcoming week on Friday, so two days from now. We will be discussing the 2021 NFL Draft tight end prospects. Uh, Gary, anything you want to add to close out the episode? No, um, nothing like crazy. I just want to say that we are working hard and we're not just Googling things and saying, Hey, let's, this is, this is what we're talking about. No, we're, we're, we're putting on the work and we want to have meaning behind what we say and have, be able to back up what we're, our thoughts. So I, we're going to keep doing it throughout the season and throughout all the other process, you know? Absolutely, man. I'm very excited to be able to continue to put my, my thoughts, Gary's thoughts, onto into the world for you guys, hopefully teach you guys some more stuff. Uh, hopefully get you guys thinking to maybe go check these tapes out yourself, see what we're seeing our, uh, firsthand. But uh, I think we'll close it out. So until next time, guys, you keep on looking for those fantasy beasts, and we'll point you exactly into where to find them. <laughs>